What's up, Pops? How are you? Can you believe it? 2024? Let's go back. Who was our first <laughs> when we first got into this and, and, and thinking about doing a podcast? Mike Tyson, right? Yep. How was that for our first guest on uh, at Banish Connors? Pretty special. And now five years later, with all we've done, we, we've had so many great guests and so many great podcasts. But you know what's more important, Brett? Our listeners and our fans and those who follow us. We appreciate them so much and their feedback and everything they give in you know, to us that they want to hear about and they want to know about and how and how we feel about things. Pretty important, pretty exciting, and we appreciate them all the time. And and thanks for listening. Yep. Take it from there. Yep, I agree with you. I think the the most fun part about doing this with you, besides getting to spend a lot of time and, and having a reason to hang out more, is uh is like the community we've built. You know, it's like we have this this group of yeah. listeners who, you know, tune in when they can and when they have time and and you know, and and you look back all the great guests we've had, but just all the times and topics that we've covered. You know, it's kind of fun. Well, yeah, it it is fun, but I'd I'd rather you be sitting across the room from me. You know, I I like it when you're home and 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 you know, like over the holidays, I, I know Melina was uh, in Sweden with her family, and uh, you and Bella were up here in Santa Barbara with us, and you know how close it was, and you know how cool it was to be sitting right across the room from you doing this podcast, and you know now, uh, you know even though we're not that far apart. But face to face is pretty cool, and I and I would rather do that more this year coming forward. What do you think of that? I like it. I can uh, definitely jump in the car. Uh, I, I got a different car I can jump in. I'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, yeah. Over the holidays, it was fun. You know, Connor's kitchen was closed. I know we did a holiday. We did one holiday one, but then uh, on Christmas we actually shut it down. Sometimes the cook we needs did. a break, and we went downtown Santa Barbara <laughs> and got some uh, fresh Chinese food, which is kind of a little bit of a, uh, a tradition at the Connors' house. So uh, that but was. But how? Fun. That's our favorite. How good is that? So good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So good. But uh, you know, to be honest with you, Brad, with you and your sister and your mom and I, you know, our most favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, and to put the effort and the cooking and, and doing everything on Thanksgiving and, and you know, your sister didn't come home. She had other obligations uh, in Florida and didn't come home next year. She's got to be here with us and uh, it would be a great, uh, great holiday season. So looking forward to that. And But it's a year down the road. So. Yeah, you know, we'll see her before. I'm, I'm that. not rushing it. I'm yeah. not rushing it. <laughs> She'll you'll see her before that. You know, she can hop on yeah. a plane. But speaking of next time I come up the car, this is what I wanted to ah. what I wanted to talk about. A while back, friend of the pod, multiple appearance guest Spencer Segura. Oh yeah. Was kind enough to give us a bargain on oh. a pretty sweet classic car, 1997 mm-hmm. BMW 7 mm-hmm. series. So, 740. Yep. The long version. The one that's got yes, the extra yeah. like inch and a half. The two IL, inches. Yep. 740 IL, which mm-hmm. is, you know, my, my favorite version. You know that. I had a 99, one of those 740 ILs. <laughs> they are magnificent. And that was his dad's. Yep. That was Pancho's car. And he was looking to sell it. And I said, I know somebody who's looking to buy it. Yep. And and so uh, we took it off his hands, and I know it needed a little work. It's been in the shop, but I saw today that it's it's come out. How to turn out? 
It's purring like a cat. It's uh, <laughs> I love it. It's, it's only it. got a hundred thousand miles on it, so it's over twenty five years. You know, it's it's a classic, Beautiful. certified classic. So only averaging four or five thousand miles a year on it is uh, not a lot, but uh, you know, kind of one of those cool things. It's got Poncho's Beverly Hills Tennis Club sticker on the back uh, window with like the four digit <laughs> number, which was probably his right. member number, you know, and just a lot of little like knickknacks in the car, you know, like the, the tennis hat from this place and the, you know, bag from here, everything's kind of got like a tennis, you know, theme to it because Poncho right. loved it so much and, and it was such a big part of his life. But uh, yeah, definitely happy to have that. I'm going to start using that as my kind of cruise around the neighborhood, go to work, go to the golf course, run errands kind of car. And if I actually need to get on the freeway and, and go, you know, heavy hard miles then 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 it's back to the volvo baby yeah the, the volvo is <laughs> never gonna let you down no the volvo is uh, pretty strong but but it, it's it's a cool car and and uh, you know i i know that's a what'd you say a 97 96 97 i think it's a 97 yep i have a, a 2000 740 and i love the style I love the way it looks. I love and and it's been in the shop. And I'm going to go back. I, I, we have a friend here in Santa Barbara that's magnificent with cars, and he redid everything in the car. And the look and the style is my favorite. Yeah. And the the ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, and and I think even maybe up to the two thousand one, two thousand two is so sweet. And the look and the feel and the drive, it gives you extra room. I'm not a car guy. I'm not a car guy, but I am a car guy. <laughs> and, and and I know what I like. And I'm so happy that you you had that looked after and taken care of because you know that can last you for many, many, many years to come if you look after it and and the drive and and the mm -hmm. look of it is so smooth. Yep. It's yeah, I love it. I love it. I do too. Not a car guy, says the guy I catch at three in the morning in the kitchen watching Barrett Jackson auctions. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's the yes, same guy. indeed. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for one certain car. Yeah, what's, I'm which one? I'm looking for one. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You'll I don't know, know it when you I see it. I'll know when I see it, but uh, <laughs> but I've got two cars that are on my mind. And, and uh, one, I want to say, is a 1987 Porsche turbo carrera and <laughs> i love that, that uh, both the cars you want are cars you've already had at one point <laughs> that's already i've had them already and i want them back it's right oh my god give them back uh, you know I, I would love to have that back and then and then the other one is my mustang mm -hmm. my i had a i had a 68 uh, uh mustang but it was a gt500 right. i had a gt500 and, and i'd love to have that but i, I think between the two I take my 87 Porsche, hmm. the Turbo Carrera. But, hmm. uh, you know, the, the problem is, Brett, I mean, I'm 71. You know, I've been put back together. Way too, I don't know if I could get in and out of it anymore. So, <laughs> but, uh, but I sure would give it a try. It would be uh, something special. I'd love to uh, have an opportunity to see it again. Yeah, I remember the old, uh, the old Porsche that you had, which was already a fast car, you know, off just off the uh, off the lot, but you had extras added to it. I feel like some turboing and horsepowers added. And do you remember we took it? We picked up my friend Kyle Wolf, 
who I grew up with out in San Inez. And uh, right. we, we went down to Santa Barbara to see the, the Harlem Globetrotters at uh, oh, the, we did. the right. Thunderdome, at the Thunderdome <laughs> at UCSB, which you, which that would circle back around later on in your life a little bit there. Huh? Oh my God, <laughs> not, not going to UCSB anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But but I, I remember that. That was so much fun. Yeah. That was so fun going to see the, the Globetrotters. That was great. We took it to see the Globetrotters and then afterwards, you know, have fun. And it was a school night, like that mattered or whatever. But like, you know, theoretically, hey, it's a school night. We better get you guys home quick, right? <laughs> and, we're in the, and we're in the 87 Turbo Porsche. And I remember we, we took the pass and the pass is, usually takes about 25 to 30 minutes if there's traffic or whatever. It's, I don't know how many miles exactly it is, but it's a kind of a scary road. You know, it's just like one lane each way and a lot of turns, a lot of curves, and it's up and down hills. And uh, you got us home in about 15 and a half minutes. <laughs> and I remember... <laughs> Don't, don't say that. We pulled we pulled up to drop Kyle off and uh, <laughs> we, Kyle goes to get out and he's just like, hey, Kyle, don't say anything to your mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was the first self-driving car ever. <laughs> that car was pretty sweet though. Always yeah, had, yeah, yeah. I always it. had I Roy. It, but, uh, always had Roy Orbison in the tape player. You bet. My, yep. uh, and one, Jay one and the Americans. All, all time. It, Oh my God, you're taking me back way too far now. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. But mm-hmm. uh, Jay and the Americans, you know, it's it's funny that you say that, Brad, because Jay and the Americans and Roy Orbison in 91, when uh, uh, when when I had a, a special run at the U.S. Open, going out to the Open, those were the two tapes that I was playing every day. Mm-hmm. And and those were my favorites. And and I remember what was the tournament that was before the U.S. Open that you played? It, Hamlet it was Cup or the, something? Yeah, in in uh, a, a, about an hour outside of New York, right? right. In uh, yeah, we 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 took a car out there, and that's all we listened to all the way, right? I remember we were in the back of the car, and you had that was the early like cell phone car phones. So there was a car phone in the car, not a cell phone, but a car phone. And we would call the radio station, Doug. Remember Doug Henderson? And it would be me, you, and Doug. And we were driving out there, I think. And we would call, you'd call the radio station and request Jay and the Americans. And right. then they would play Jay and the Americans for us for like, you know, three or four straight songs driving back from the, from the tennis. Right. He, <laughs> he was known as the voice. I mean, his voice, Jay Black, I think his name was Jay Black, that had an amazing voice and, and the tunes that he had. And, you know, I mean, I would, I would roll up and I would be so hyped, you know, to go out and play, you know, everybody now listens to whatever they listen to, but I wasn't a screw your mind up kind of guy. I was, you know, kind of modular and and just kind of get, you know, give me a good feel. And I get out so hyped and ready to play and, and ready to go that, that it was, uh, uh, you know, for me, it, it was exciting, you know, to, you know, in those days, I'm an old school guy. I keep telling you that, but you know, the <laughs> you music say. that we, <laughs> yeah, that we had back in the days, you know, with the groups and the, you know, and, and, and everything, it was amazing. And it was, you know, for me, you know, I came in at the right time and I'm going to go out at the right time, <laughs> you know, so that's what our friend Eddie Dibb says. Yeah. You know, that we we you know, we seem to have had the best of it all. 
you know, with music and movies and, you know, uh, everything that went along with it. Not that this time isn't great. It is for the young, you know, but for me, my time, I'm happy to have been a part of that, you know, and not just living, but also tennis wise, Mm -hmm. you know, the way I live my tennis and the guys I played with and everything that we did in the seventies and the eighties, uh, the early eighties. And, you know, I went into the nineties, you know, but everything that we did with tennis and the way we played it and, and the, the excitement that we brought and the passion that we brought and the money we brought in, the sponsors we brought in, the television we brought in was pretty exciting. And I hope these guys today understand and appreciate that, what they're playing for. And hopefully that they are able to push that to another level too for the next generation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if they could do that, wow, that would be exciting. Yep. And the fun part is you get to still be here to watch it and talk about it, you know, with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm happy to do that, but only with you, okay. only with you. All right. I was uh, cooking dinner before we started doing this with Melina. We were having chicken stir fry with green beans oh. and bell peppers, hold the bell peppers, Ooh. and uh, my favorite traveling wilberries came on, and so I had, oh, to, I no. had to do a deep dive, you know, about the education of Roy Orbison. I mean, obviously, everyone else in the wilberries is amazing too, but uh, yeah, just because I grew up around listening to it with you so much, and I have a, a greater appreciation for his talents, I feel like he was kind of a little like awkward. You know, like he had, I think he had some sort of, like you said, skin something or, or something where he had to wear the glasses and he was like pale. Anyways, he probably wasn't as marketable is what I'm trying to say as like guys like Elvis and the guys who danced and, and moved and did more. He kind of just st- stood there and, and played his guitar and, and sang his heart out. But uh, man, does he have a unique voice. But you know, I want to interrupt you, Brett, because everybody says that if it wasn't for Roy Orbison, music wouldn't have been what it is today. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he he was he was very popular, but then he became very popular in Europe. But then you know he came back here uh, to the states, and he, he got with the uh, the Wilburys, and and his popularity grew. And I keep going back because you know back in the day, I, I went to see him in Las Vegas. He was performing in Las Vegas, and I went to see him every show, every show, two shows a night <laughs> for ten days. He was so amazing. His voice, he didn't have the charisma of an Elvis or, you know, a lot of the others, but his voice and his, you know, what he brought to it and the way he sang the songs and everything that went along with his show was amazing. He was mesmerizing. And luckily for me, I got to sit with him a number of times you know, That's and cool. talk to him and and be a part of you know what he was and what in his life, and it was it was so special. It was amazing. It was amazing time, and his contribution, you know, to what he brought to music and, and everything is you know the way people talk about him was amazing. Yeah, and you know, and and I got to see that. I like his voice. And, and, I hate to say it, brother, because but you know I could have you know been a part of that if I wasn't an old guy, and you know, and and I'm and, and I'm happy to say that you know that back when when I was in my twenties or thirties, 
that I was able to see that. It was an amazing time and to have been a part of him and what he brought to everything was was truly special. Very special. Yeah. I like his voice. I like how he has more of a high-pitched voice. And most people want, a, you know, a, a deep voice or a, gr- a gravelly voice or whatever. And he has this, you know, high pitch, almost like an angel's voice or something. <laughs> like, I, I just I, love, I think he's I got how, three octaves, maybe yeah. four. I like how different it is. And, and uh, yeah. he, he died young, man. If you, you look at pictures of him, yeah, he, he died did. at like 51 or 52, I think, in 1988. And you're right. He had like a, a resurgence in the 80s with the Wilburys. And then in, in 1990, the movie pretty woman came out and you know they used his song and then you know he made him huge again but he had passed away a couple years earlier but uh yeah man he was awesome so i want to say this you're an old school guy you grew up in the car with me and your mom going you know from san inez to la or from you know from miami down to your montessori school or whatever listens to old school music listen to k earth 101 and mm-hmm. and and growing up in those days and and you know all that music your sister too oh yeah and i hope that you know the modern day i mean they the young today can think that well that's old school whatever but that's what made what possible has come today. Yeah. And it's a it was an interesting time and you know you can you can call me old school I am you can criticize me but I was so happy to have been a part of that time but I'm also living this time too so I can compare. You know which is uh, which is kind of fun too. I have a feeling that no one's going to be criticizing you for being old school especially a lot of our listeners. If uh well <laughs> you, know, you you know I'm going going back rather uh, you know, I, I was thinking <laughs> it over Christmas and New Year's, and and I I didn't put out any anything on Twitter, but I am going to say it now: how much I appreciate all our listeners and what they bring to you know to my Facebook and you know to our podcast and what we talk about because you know it's because of them you know that we're here. You know, we want to hear what they want to know about. We we want their thoughts. We want their input on what we what our thoughts are on what what they're thinking also. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fun, you know, to talk to you because you know, first of all, you know, we sit in the den and and we talk about a lot of things, and we should put that on the podcast too. <laughs> but but it's fun, you know, to have all our followers still be a part of us and like what we do. Yeah. And and uh, I just want to I just want to throw that out there how much we appreciate them and and thanks for being a part of what we do. Yep. And you know, speaking of them, our last pod, uh, our year ender, which ended up being our conversation with Casey DeFranco, uh, got a <laughs> <laughs> got a got a ton of interaction uh, on your Facebook. So page. good. Most likes of the year, most comments of the year, most interaction. The numbers are off the charts. <laughs> But uh, that was fun. I mean, uh, speaking that that you're right when it's when you're in the same room and you can joke and you know look at each other's facial expressions. It's it's way better than doing it over Zoom. You know, sometimes you got to do the Zoom because of schedules and work and that kind of stuff. I get it, but it was a lot of fun driving out there and spending the day with her. She loved it also, and you know, uh, we lived in San Inez. You grew up in San Inez. Then when you went to college and your sister got older. You know, we moved into Santa Barbara, but we still have so many friends there. And and Casey, who has been our friend for 40 years, and then to have somebody like that 
be so close to us that that I asked to, to write my book. And, I, and I've often thought about that even after that, you know, why her? What did she have to offer? You know, she wasn't a sports writer. She didn't know, you know, she, first of all, she's not a sports person. She, she let that known. But the way she wrote the book and, and her attitude and the way she was able to, you know, pull things out of me that, you know, normally I wouldn't talk about was pretty special and you know and 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 for us to still be friends after that mm-hmm. you know it is is very cool and the you know, time i think the time that like she spent like so much time with you to do that you know like mm-hmm. she'd be on the phone with you drive you know in and out you'd, you'd come out she'd come out down to santa barbara you know i think uh, it, no one else would have taken as much time and care to and, and put so much into it as she did i mean on top no. of being a great writer she she knew that, that that had to be a deep dive. Do you agree with that? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that wasn't just a surface, right? That that just wasn't a surface book. That that had to be a deep dive into a lot of things. And and uh, uh, well, you're and, pretty. And, you don't open up a lot. You know, I don't. You know, you don't bring that kind of stuff out. And let, even when if, if asked about it, I don't know if you talk about a lot of the stuff. So to be talking about it in such a public way where it's going to be on, you know, paper and people are going to read it. Other writers probably wouldn't have been able to spend as much time with you. And then I don't think you would have felt nearly as comfortable with even if they did with them to have maybe even pulled half of the stuff that she did out. So that's why I well, think, uh, you know, I think we've, uh, we've touched on this before. I'm better with women. Right. And, you know, I, I was, I was raised by women, you know, my mother and my grandmother, my grandfather was was a part of it. My dad was a part of it, but not as much as my mom and my grandma. And and then the importance of your mommy in my life, your mom, my wife, how important she is in my in my life. That I am very more open to women and their feelings and and the way they they are and 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 how I would fit into that. And Casey, being a friend for so many years was I think she played on that <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> and, and, and I say that because I love her. You know, but she ended but, up but interviewing ended, you more than we interviewed her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh she was amazing and and the way she wrote it and and the way you know she handled it and mm-hmm. everything and, and and then traveled after with me and and uh, you know to promote it and you know you were yeah. a part of that yeah. and 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 all that was pretty amazing and yeah. you know and I, I'm going to say this and I said it before we love her she's a part of our family and and uh, uh, you know I can't say enough how good it was to do it with her. Yep. Yeah. It was. A, I think that was a really good episode. Also, shout out Longhorn. We uh, <laughs> Longhorn yeah. is the breakfast spot. Breakfast lunch spot that we grew up going to is one of the first places we went when we moved out to San Inez in 1984, when it was just half of what it is now. It's been there forever. It's like where you go in the morning when you're hungover, or if you have to get to work early, <laughs> or if you want to go to before school, or you want to get away at lunch, or whatever it is. It's only open till about one or one thirty, so you got to get up and in there. But it has the best, like greasy, good breakfast lunch food that you're ever going to have and we had to stop uh, and get my favorite yeah. chicken fried steak brown gravy uh, and fries gravy uh, also on the fries yeah but also shout out to our original <laughs> friend kelly there right yeah kelly Mignot. yeah yep 
Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. Every, every time you walked in, she, she didn't even have to ask you what you wanted, uh, wanted. She just brought it to the table. So yeah, she was, she, a, she was she a great was, person. Rest in peace. Yeah. She was, she was amazing. And, uh, she's been, she left us uh, quite a while ago, but we miss her all the time. Yep. So I just wanted to shout that out and, uh, say we got a good meal before we saw Casey. We made a good day of it there. It, it was fun. It was yeah, kind of rainy anyway. So we, we, we made good use of our indoor time. As you know here on Advantage Connors, our mascot is none other than gold dude Isabella, the mini golden doodle. And because she's a part of the family, we only give her the best food possible. And that's why we give her Nom Nom. Nom Nom delivers freshly made dog food with every portion personalized to your dog's needs so you can bring out their best. Nom Nom's made with real wholesome ingredients you can see and recognize without any additives or fillers which contribute to bloating and low energy. That's because Nom Nom uses the latest science and insights to make real, good food for dogs. Their nutrient-packed recipes are designed by board-certified veterinary nutritionists, freshly made and shipped right to your front door. Nom Nom's ingredients are cooked individually and then mixed because science tells us that every protein, carb, and veggie has different cook times and methods to be to best preserve vital nutrients. This gives your dog sufficient energy and packs in the vitamins and minerals they need, truly getting the most out of every bite. Nom Nom's already delivered over 40 million meals like good dogs like Isabella, inspiring millions of clean bowls and tail wags. I love Isabella so much that I only want the best for her, and I want her to have the best nutrition so that she can live a nice, long, healthy life. And that's why I choose to give her the best food with Nom Nom. Plus, Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. So right now you can go and get 50% off your no-risk two-week trial at trynom.com slash Connors. Spelled trynom.com slash Connors for 50% off. Trynom.com slash Connors. Trynom.com slash Connors. Trynom.com slash Connors. Uh. I don't want to keep you too long. Just a couple tennis things, but I'm not going to get into it yet. I know you don't want to really deep dive because tennis really hasn't started too much. But uh, one thing first is Miami Dolphins check in. Ugh. Ugh. Really? Ugh. So we Does ended it up. Break your- yeah, we beat Dallas. You know, but like, does, does it break your heart though? I mean, it like, was a pounding. It was. It's the worst I've ever felt for being. I mean, we're eleven and five, and it feels like we have no shot. Right. We, you know, we beat Dallas. We we're lucky to beat Dallas. We got some decent no calls down the stretch where you're like that was probably holding, and they didn't call it, and somehow we squeak we squeak out a win with a field goal at the end. We go into Baltimore, and Baltimore just blows us out. I mean, like that right. was a revenge game because we we came back on Baltimore last year in a really great shootout comeback win, and uh, Lamar Jackson's pretty much the MVP, and so they beat us, and now we have to play the Bills in Miami. Half of our guys are beat to shit. We lost Bradley oh, Chubb. Boy. We've lost both our defensive ends, and uh, it just the momentum it, in some weird whack way. Like we might. If we beat Buffalo, we might then have to like host Buffalo again. Or if we lose mm. to Buffalo, then we have to go to like Kansas City in the first round. So it's gone from us maybe being the first, you know, first seed to us right. like we might just get beat 
twice in a row by Buffalo, the team that we hate the most. <laughs> I mean, is it is it another heartbreaking year season for you with uh, with Miami? I mean, even I though they've know. got eleven and something record, holy Christ Almighty! It it just you know when it comes right down to it, yeah, you know it's well, you, you know when we here. put so much into this team. Like draft picks and signings and trades right. and like so so much is like leveraged on this team with pretty much this crew like winning in the next few years, two, three years. And it's like we just we don't win. Like we had an easy schedule. Like we've played a lot of teams that didn't end up being that great. So like they haven't been that tough of an opponent. And so like we've padded our schedule like that. And uh yeah, it's gonna be brutal because you can kind of see it coming and it's gone mm. from like Tua could be the MVP and like all this shit to like right. uh, you know, and Boy. then now it's like we we have to like put more pressure on the next year and then like everyone's gonna be uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I I sympathize with you, bud. Yeah, I sympathize. I know every every Sunday you're dying, living and dying with them, and and you know you thought that uh, you know all of a sudden you you've got a great chance, and now you know you, you're going to make it to the playoffs. That's a good thing. Yeah. But you know, I mean, we're you in. Know, we're in the playoffs. So a, you know, you it's have a, a deep chip. dive. It's a deep dive. <laughs> a chip in a it, chair. It <laughs> it's a race to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, chip in a chair. So, I mean, if we're in the playoffs, we have a shot, but I don't know. Uh, you, you never know. Uh, Maybe we get hot. We I, need to get healthy. We need Waddle back, and like we need our running back back. And just, I don't know. We'll see. I hate I hate to even bring this up, but you need Marino back. Yeah. I see him there on the sideline, and he's a part of all the Dolphins stuff. And, like, I see him wanting right. so bad for them to win just so he can be, like, part of a win. And, like, the funny thing is about Marino is, you know, everyone used to dog him so much. When I was a kid wearing my Marino jersey, everyone would dog him. Dog me. Oh, right. you never won. You never won. You never won a Super Bowl. And that, that like, opinion has, like, not aged as well as I thought. You know, I thought people would continue to hold that. And, and yeah, they still always say it. But then all, everybody almost agrees that, like, in the modern game of football, like, if he played now, like, the way with the rules and everything now, he might throw for, like, 7,000 yards or something. Right. No know? kidding. No kidding. <laughs> and oh and everyone God. kind of agrees that he's, like, you know, it's, he's still one of the best ever, even though he didn't win, which is always, you know. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm, I'm a Marino fan. Oh, yeah. It ages a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. If if he was young now playing, oh my God, how much fun would that be? Yeah, uh, you know the the way he played. But hey, after forty years, you know your loyalty, and I keep mm. saying that every, every time. You finally got me on board. Do you, <laughs> I'm on board with you. Do you remember? I'm going to stay on with you until they do something good. Okay, good. I'm staying on because <laughs> nobody can be as loyal as you and not be rewarded somewhere down the line. It's yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I know. It's, it's, I mean, please, at some point, just get lucky. <laughs> do you remember we went and saw him, me, you, and Mark Brody in San Diego? Yep. They had two games to go. They were whatever it was, eight and six or whatever it was back then. And two games to go. I think it was like pretty much win a game and you'll get in the playoffs. And uh, we go down and back and forth game, back and forth game. And we're we're on the field. We had like great, great tickets. And we're at the back of one of the end zones, just kind of walking around because you can kind of cruise around if you're on the field. And uh, back of the end zone, Dolphins are leading by like two or three or whatever. Natron means... That big running back dude it was like huge, number 20, I think. Natron Means comes around the corner and is sprinting right at us with a full head of steam. 
with like no dolphin in sight, of course. And this dude, <laughs> oh, like, and I just remember you or Mark just grabs my like sweatshirt and just like yanks me to the side. Cause you're like, this dude might run straight. You know, they with all that energy, they're going to run into the wall sometimes, you know, or they bump into the wall, they, you know, stop themselves. And sure enough, he like runs and boom, bumps into the wall. He's giving high fives to all the fans and uh, they lose. Dolphins lose. We go into the locker room afterwards, Dolphins locker room. And I'm getting right. I'm getting some autographs and got a hat and get to meet Marino. First time I ever meet Marino. And Marino's sitting there, of course, ice bags on both knees. Uh, I think he had a dip in. He had like a dip in his lip, you know. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like coming in to see Dan. And Dan's like, you know, and they're talking to everybody. And we come up and he's like super nice and everything. And, and, and we're like, you know, Jets next week. And he's just like, oh, yeah, we'll win. We're going to win. You know, we'll get, right. we're getting in the playoffs. So, of course, we, we drive home and, you know, we all look at each other and we're like, you know, Dan said they're going to win. You know, we better bet on the Dolphins to beat the Jets to right. get into the playoffs, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, Oh, no. And oh, no. Say, Is that when I quit gambling? <laughs> yeah, let's just say they went eight and eight that year. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, but my God. I, always remember I knew it was that. time to quit somewhere along the yeah, line. It was totally funny, cool. But totally I always cool. remember Dan was like, he was such a nice dude. And Don Shula, too. I remember we got a chance to yep. meet him. And he was like such a such a kind, nice man. And, and what a legend Damn, he is. Damn, son, you got a good memory. <laughs> Holy Christ, do you have a good memory. You know, oh, going yeah. back and the shit, you you couldn't have been more than what, eight, eight, ten years old, uh, eight, yes. nine years old? Maybe like uh, 11 or 12 in the early 90s, 91 or something, 92 maybe. Right. You know? Well, it was All fun right. times. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right, we'll move into the tennis section, your favorite part of the Ugh. podcast. Are you, are you ready? Okay, two two okay, quick things. Ahead. First off, did you know that 2024 is the 50-year anniversary of one of the dopest years in tennis by somebody I know? <laughs> 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 Can you believe oh, it's, my God. it's been 50 uh, years? Does it feel like it's been that long? Yikes. That's a long time ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, 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 listen, I don't, and you know, brother, I, I don't go back that. I don't look back. I don't remember, you know, like I told Casey when we were sitting there with her, you know, I've got amnesia to a lot of things, but I will say that that year was amazing. And even though I don't remember a lot of it because, you know, it was almost like 91 because I was in the the eye of the hurricane. You know, when you're in the middle of it, you don't really see what's going on around you. And, you know, the, you know, my, the way I played and, you know, my success and the amount of tournaments that I won and all that is, is almost a, you know, a blur. Hmm. Yeah. But kind of started, a, you know, something, you know, for me. You know, and, and I and I keep going back. I mean, I'm I'm from a little town in Illinois. I never expected to be what I ever became. I never expected to be that, and to have had the opportunity, you know, that uh, your grandma and your great grandma gave me to do something that I really loved and, and enjoyed, and was willing to work at and give everything that I had to it. You know, I got criticized for this. I said I left my blood out there. You know, oh shit! Nobody leaves their blood out there. That's not right. You know, you can't say that. You know, but I did. You know, because that's the way I played. That was my attitude, and 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 that was the fun that I had going out there day after day after day and putting my game and my reputation and my attitude 
and everything that I had to give on the line. And to have a year like like 74, hey, you know, I, I look back, it was it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. But I wasn't done. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys would have said, Oh, look, I, I did this and I did that, and I did this and I did that. You know, listen, guys put up, you know, uh that hey, I got to the semifinals of a US Open or an Australian, and they live off that for fucking 15 years. <laughs> you know, I was not done. I was trying to do more. Right. After that. Well, and, and, you know, that that's a pretty high precedent to put, you know, to yourself. Yeah. You know, but for me, I love the bullseye on my back. I love that. I loved everybody coming at me and wanting to beat me. You know, they'd rather beat me than win the tournament, you know, and that all that did was make me better. And here's another thing. Criticized for that, you, you know that's not right. Yes, you can't be like that. You got to you got to stop saying that, that they criticized you just because. Yeah, but 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 I, here, I'm going to say this. But I think fuck off. <laughs> I'm going to say this too. You, you know, but be, I think because, uh, I think the criticism, especially think about it. You're this guy who's from where you're at, and tennis is where it's at when you're coming into it. It's like this country club yeah, but sport. T- tennis back then was an elitist. That's what I'm saying. It was so the it criticism. Was all elitist. I, so I the, was not that. So the criticism. Uh, you know, you, so the criticism is showing it, it, that should have been like proof that what you're doing is good. Keep right. doing it. You don't, listen, don't you, be you, hurt you don't, by you don't, it. You don't think the game would be where it is today if it wasn't for my group of guys that, that we played with, do you? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that right. the criticism is 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 proof that what you're doing is working. Right. You didn't right. want to come in and mesh with the country club sport. You just no. got mad because you thought I associated you with it. Like you – you should be happy they criticized you. That means that you're yeah. doing good. You mean that, that means just drove me even more. You're Brett. pissing off the right people. <laughs> you're right. You know. <laughs> Wait, Let me. You must be my son. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me just talk about some numbers here. So it wasn't like '74 uh, came out of nowhere. You entered in 1974, ranked third in the world, coming off a season where you won 87 matches and 11 titles. So like that's a pretty good year right there, <laughs> you know. But somehow yeah. in better you were even better in 74. You went 93 and 4 and won 15 titles. Three of those were slams and you weren't allowed to play the French. Let me just go through some of these tournament titles. Check out some of these names, right? Australian Open, Rannoch, Little Rock, Birmingham, Salisbury, Hampton, Salt Lake City, Tempe, Arizona, shout out. Used Yay. to live out there for a couple of years when I went to school and worked for the Suns. Manchester, yep. Wimbledon, Indianapolis, U.S. Open, Los Angeles, London, Johannesburg. Talk to yeah. me about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you know, but but back then, well, like uh, when you when you it was when you came from 1973, every match was important, Brett. Every match was important. You know, you you just didn't. You know, think that the Wimbledon or the U.S. Open or the French or the Australian, you know, Grand Slam, Grand Slam, Grand Slam. It was every match, every title, mm-hmm. you know, was important. Yeah, and to have been able to get up and ready to play every match like that, that was what was important to me. Knowing that guys wanted to beat me more than win the tournament. And, you know, you know what those guys are called stoppers, mm-hmm. you know, but that to me, you know, to go out and perform on that level every time, 
you know, and, and that's what I, I tried to do throughout the course of my whole career was to go out there and give more than, than I had, you know, win, lose or draw, you know, and I keep going back to this. I said, your grandmother, you know, remember those old things where you could, you know, put, I don't know what they were called, but you could put out letters and names and whatever you could click it. Then you could kind of uh, like a, put uh, it on your racket. Oh, but, like a, um, like a little, uh, fuck, what are they called? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. But but like, your grandma uh, put one thing on every racket that I had, every racket. And you know what it was? It was called W-L-O-D-I-P-M-G. You know, it wasn't names. It wasn't whatever. It was just letters. And, and they stood for something. And you know what they stood for? What? Win, lose, or draw, I play my game. And that's what she gave me. She says, you go out and play your game. I don't give a fuck if you win or lose. You go play your game and give up everything you have and walk off of there with your head up and proud of what you gave. That's what she gave me from the very beginning. And that's the way I played my whole career. You know, and win, lose, or draw. Listen, I lost matches I shouldn't have. Everybody does. I won matches I should have. Everybody does. But I played my game no matter what. And that's what I'm the most proud of because that's what that's what your grandmother and your great-grandmother and Pancho gave to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that that I was able to walk off of there every time knowing that I I don't have one what if what if I'd have tried harder? What if I'd have trained harder? What are what if what if what if what if with a lot of these guys, you know, who are gonna, you know, sometimes sit around with their grandkids and say, Well, if, well you know, if I'd have done this, I'd have been a lot better. Fuck you. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, you know, if that be the case, then you'd have done it. But that was my upbringing. Yeah. You know, and certain certain guys have that upbringing. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there's, there's a guy out there to, you know, that's just coming back playing today that might have that kind of feeling too, you know, that that's willing to, to go out there and give it everything he has, no matter what, and have that, what if, you know, and to be honest with you, I hope he's successful. I hope he beats all those young guys. I hope he comes back and tells those young guys, you ain't good enough. You can't compete. You don't know what it's like. And I've taken off a year, and I'm still going to kick your ass. You're talking about you know, Nadal. Am I? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I am. Yeah. You're right. You what know, did you think it, about it, that? It, I was going to was going to be our next topic, last thing of the night. What do you think about that? I just said it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he beat team. That was pretty good. Straight sets. And uh, it's good to have him back. I think it's going yeah. to be fun to watch. Watch him. I think he's going to win a lot of matches. You know, I think yeah. he wouldn't be you know, here but, if he but, wasn't physically enough, right? To be, you know, to be here. So you know, if he's here, he's well enough to win matches. And I hope he's. I hope he stays healthy. You know, because he's going to set a good precedent for these young kids. You know, Djokovic has set a precedent, but he's still out there playing and he's grinding and he, and he's playing all the tournaments. Nadal has been gone for a year, a year. And he's coming back. I know what that's like. I was out for a year. I know what it's like to come back 
and to try to get in there and to compete and to get your game in order and to play against the best players. I know what that's like. And he has come back and it's going to be interesting to see how these young guys treat him. Are they going to look at him and say, you've been gone for a year, go away? Or he's going to look at them and say, you, you ain't good enough. You, you ain't good enough yet. <laughs> you know, I'm still around. You, you get a little better before I go. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting year to see him and how he goes because I look at him as he's willing. He's got the heart of only a very few guys. Nadal, I'm talking about. Right. He's got the heart of a very few guys. And I'm talking from experience that he's not going to let those guys come in, take over him unless they're good enough. going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun year. And you know what? The Australians coming right around the corner. That's going to be a fun tournament to see right there. Three out of five sets and what kind of condition Nadal's in and how he handles it. So, and also the young guys. Yep. Yep. And Djokovic, I mean, you're right. It's a great time for for tennis on the men's side, women too, but uh, just talking with Nadal, because you still have Djokovic. Now you have him back in the mix. And then you have all the young guys who, you know, have been making their name and winning tournaments and and getting incrementally better the last year that he's been gone. But uh, you can tell that he's got a lot more left in the tank and and he wants to go out probably on his own terms, you know, whatever that is. If he plays, you know, after the Olympics or whatever he ends up choosing to do, I think his how healthy he is will probably determine how far he keeps going, you know. I got a question for you. If Federer sees that, what do you think he's thinking? (laughs) I think he wishes he was probably out there. I think he probably misses it, but I don't know. I think I feel like his knees, his knees with all the surgeries and stuff. I just, I feel like he physically might not be able to, but yeah, well, but uh, I mean, Murray's there. You guys still got Murray. So it's the three out of the four. And you know, I mean, Fed was a little older than, than all those guys too. So, well, going to be, uh, you know, here's what I would look at for the, for the Australian open. I'm looking at Nadal. And the reason I am is because being out for a year is brutal. You know, coming back, you're missing that competition. You're missing the grind. You're missing what it takes to get in, get in there and, and to win matches, you know, from a tough position. Is that, what, gonna be inter- is that what you think you missed the most was like not being in like game situation for that whole time? Because you can train and run hills and do the bike and yeah. hit balls. But those right. like, you know, hey, I'm down, I'm down love 30 or I need to get my first serve in or like, you know, just the yep. game situations more. Yeah, 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 very, very uh, you know, that that's right to the point. You know, what, what if you're thirty all at uh, three all in the fifth? You know, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. If you're fifteen thirty, what are you going to do? You know, you you miss that competition and that grind and what it takes to you know to be natural as opposed to you know force what you have to do. That took me a while when I was out for a year or a little over a year, you know, to get back into that and what it meant. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially in three out of five. You know, I'm sure his conditioning is good. He's always been in great condition and, and able to run down every ball and not, not get tired and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. get get in the grind. But, you know, what you do in, a, in important situations is going to be pretty fun to see how he handles that. And if he's healthy and he's feeling that, you know, that, 
he can go back and grab you know everything that he's been through over the past 15 years or whatever the amount of time he's been in it then he's going to be dangerous and for me it's going to be to see these young guys look at him and say, oh, oh watch out. <laughs> oh, he's back. Oh, oh no. What you know, he be, he just beat the shit out of the team. Yeah. He just beat the he just beat the shit out of him. Yeah. You know, so you know, what the hell? Well, I think also uh like the, he's got kind of like a free swing. You know, like he's yeah. been out, he's been hurt, he doesn't have like points to defend. He right. he probably doesn't care anyway because he might not play more than like a year, so it doesn't matter his ranking later. But you know, right. he, and he gets to you know play a bunch of tournaments. He's playing Brisbane, he'll play Australian Open, and I'm sure he'll play Miami and and Indian Wells or at least one of them. And then he gets to the clay, so he's probably trying to get himself right, ready for in, the French. Exactly, going into the clay season, right? And then you know all that stuff in the summer, and all, and then away we go. So I think uh, better that that's what I did back in 91. I, I played all these tournaments, getting myself ready for the U S open, you know, so, you know, he's looking to score in anything before that is a bonus. Yep. You know, whether it's the Australian or Wimbledon or whatever, uh, Wimbledon's after, but Monte Carlo, whatever, he's looking to score in the French. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and any, anything before that is a bonus. Yeah, And it's going to be interesting to see how these young guys, you know, Alcaraz and Zarev and team and Zizipas. Zizipas and all those guys, Center you know, look at him when he comes in, Yeah, you know, and I look back because a lot of times you walk out there and you've won the match before you've even walked on the court. Yep. And, and I think he might still have that reputation. <laughs> hundred percent. He might still have, huh? <laughs> I think a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think he still has that. He's probably physically you know, the, good. The guys so. that say, oh my God, he's back. Oh, 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 watch out. He's been out for a year. You know, you know, sometimes you get a little twitchy. Yep. No, you know, no easy and, holds, and, and, no easy points. Right. You know, it's going to, it's going to be interesting, but I, I, I think, you know, Australia, if, if he has success there, success, and throughout Monte Carlo or in the clay or Miami or whatever. But I, I think his goal is the French. And, it, and if he wins the French another time, what would that be? 47 times? Mm. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, I think six, 14 seven, or something, times? 15 or something. Yeah. Like, let me look it up. Crazy. You know, it's, uh, certainly a record that will never be broken. No. Yeah, I feel yeah. like uh, You know, but I, I, I think that would be his coup de grace. You know that that he would say, "I'm good. I'm good now," and yeah, whatever happens 15. after that is, yeah, yeah, would be. And and first of all, it would be amazing. Yeah, after taking a year off, and it would he, be amazing. He's got the Olympics in Paris too, so then you know he's got that also. To you know, is I've, that indoors? I don't know whether if it's outdoors or what the deal is. I got to look that up. I can look more into that for the next pod, but we'll get into the AO odds too. Once they, once it gets a little closer, maybe next week we'll do some odds and maybe one. Is that gambling? <laughs> it's, it's, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. It's projecting I'm future, a, I, projecting listen, future I'm, outcomes. I'm, go, I'm going on record with you. It, it's 2024. I might start getting back into the gambling. Uh, a little you bit. keep saying that. Stop teasing yeah. us and do it. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 I think it's time. I, I think, uh, you know, I can't say this, but your mommy's listening. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, go, go get off your feet. Oh, here's one thing I, uh, I read that uh, for everybody out there, since we're big animal lovers, there was a study mm. in Japan 
that said that if you have a dog, anyone has a dog, tons of health benefits. But if you have a dog over the age of 60, I think it is, you diminish your chances of dementia by up to like 50 or 60%. Whoa. Yeah. All right. And so I saw that and I just thought it was a cool story because we love our dogs here. I got Isabella right here underneath the uh, underneath the desk with me while I'm recording. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so anybody out there, go adopt a dog. We have a little dog uh, adoption place around the street, Langer Foundation. So uh, we see a lot of the dogs uh, walking around here looking for good homes. So everyone get a dog in their life. Yep. <laughs> and and uh, there's nothing better than, than walking in your home and, and having that love come up to you. Yeah, you know, I, I've I've grown up with uh, with dogs my whole life, and I and you have too, and the love and the affection and the loyalty that they give you is amazing, and and all they're asking for is to be treated the right way, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, you know, to be honest with you, over the years I I would have been lost without my dogs. And, and uh, now I even have a cat, Stevie, you know, that, uh, that that's my buddy. But you know what it's like. And, uh, you know, if you can adopt a puppy or adopt a dog and give them a good home, please go out and do it. It's great. It's a great feeling. Yep. Sounds good. Couldn't have said it any better. Just like Bob Barker. When I was a kid, I never understood why Bob Barker would say like neuter your dogs and cats. Because when you're growing up, you're like, man, like, what's this guy? Like, why does he want to? why is he so into like doing that? And you know, cause you're a kid, right. you're like you don't get it. And then you get older and you see like, Oh my gosh, there's so many animals that need a home that are just out there and have been abandoned or whatever it is. And, and one way or another, they just, they just want, want a home. So, all right, pops, well, this has been fun. I'm going to go and read the Epstein documents that have just been unsealed. See what's going I'm, on in I'm, there. I'm on that myself. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to be on that myself. Yeah. But in the meantime, follow me on at Jimmy Connors on Twitter at Brett underscore on Twitter on our, our podcast at uh, ADV Connors. Connors and also go onto my Facebook and throw us some questions and anything you want to know we willing to talk about it but once again I want to say we appreciate all our followers our listeners and those who are part of our podcast our sponsors and everything another year starts and uh, we appreciate you and look forward to being a part of another great year Love being with you, brother. Love you too, Pops. We'll check in with everybody next week, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.